<laughs> Welcome, kiddies. Would you like to dance to death? All you have to do is come to the Crypt Keeper's party. A monster bash, if you will. Welcome back to Napalm Nanny in the Shack. I am your sleep paralysis demon that leaves cookie crumbs in bed, Napalm Nanny. And let me remind you that it's okay to burn bridges and to find me on Instagram under Napalm Nanny in the Shack. Also, if you want to buy me a cup of coffee or to donate to keep the shack going, then my Venmo handle is Windex Burns My Eyes. And I don't know why, but when September rolls around, I'm suddenly in the mood for goblins and ghouls, more so than usual. So I thought I'd dig into the literary genre splatterpunk. So, Splatterpunk is a movement within horror fiction originating in the 1980s, and it's distinguished by its graphic, often gory depiction of violence, countercultural alignment, and its hyper-insensitive horror with no limits. So the term was coined in 1986 by David J. Show at the 12th World Fantasy Convention in Providence, Rhode Island. Splatterpunk is regarded as a revolt against the traditional, meekly suggestive horror story. Show would put it this way, It's not enough to see the shadow behind the door. People want to see what's making the shadow, what it looks like and how it comes apart. In Splatterpunk, ghosts have given way to serial killers, boo has been replaced by yuck, things don't go bump in the night, they emit wretched, agonizing howls. 
So to essentially summarize, it's a literary genre characterized by graphically described scenes of an extremely gory nature. And it's Michael Shea's short fiction, The Autopsy, which was published in 1980, has been described as a proto-splatterpunk story. And I think it goes without saying, splatterpunk provoked considerable controversy among horror writers. Robert Bloch, an American fiction writer primarily of crime, psychological horror, fantasy, who wrote the novel Psycho, which Alfred Hitchcock would later base his film on, criticized the movement, arguing there is a distinction to be made between that which inspires terror and that which inspires nausea. And with all that being said, here's this week's playlist. Enjoy, guys. Menina, eu sou o menino dela. 
lua prateada se esconder E o sol dourado apareceu Amanheceu um lindo dia Cheio de alegria Pois eu sonhei e acordei pensando nela Yeah.
continue, let me just announce that I'm taking a small road trip and won't be back with the shack until the 15th. So I'll be posting some behind the scenes adventures on Instagram under Napalm Nanny in the Shack. So join me. And am I possibly a pervert for my adoration of splatterpunk or horror slasher films? I don't think so, because this is fiction. I've read far more terrifying pieces in history books. So the splatterpunk term gained some prominence in the 1980s and 1990s. And as a movement, it attracted a cult following. The term splatterpunk has since been replaced by other synonymous terms for the genre, also being called gross out or gore horror. And the last major commercial endeavor aimed at the splatterpunk audience was 1995's Splatterpunks 2, Over the Edge, an anthology of short stories which also included essays on horror cinema and an interview with Anton LaVey. So by 1998, one commentator suggested interest in splatterpunk was declining, saying it seemed to have reached a peak in the mid-1990s. So what are you waiting for? Go pick up some gore horror literature, my sweet little perverts. And while you do, here's the rest of the playlist. Enjoy! Two kinds of lovers in this world 
That's it for me this week, folks. I honestly cannot express how grateful I am to be on this journey with you. I am humbled at all the comments, shares, messages. It keeps me going, especially when I have moments where I feel like throwing in the towel. So this one woman team is honored and grateful. So till next time, I am your host, the one, the only Napalm Nanny. Stay safe out there, guys. <laughs>